Welcome to Time Out with Inactus LPSC, a podcast series where we chat with social entrepreneurs and change makers from whom inspiration can be drawn. But this new season is a bit different. We want to take a unique look at how entrepreneurial leaders use innovative business principles and ideas for the betterment of society. In each episode of this season, our aim is to unravel the journey of their projects, explore the highs and lows, and draw insight into the operations and fruition. which has set an example about the societal cause norms and well-being so hello listeners let's get started with the third episode for this season we are your hosts joy and mohul for today's session we have with us founder and managing trustee at astha she has been a member of technical resource group on the national urban health mission set up by ministry of health and family welfare member of the working group in the 12th plan for persons with disabilities member of drafting committee of the national policy on children set up by the ministry of women and child development member of expert advisory group set up by the delhi government for the asha kiran home for children and person with mental disabilities she has co-published many research studies highlighting status of children and persons with disabilities we are pleased to have you here with us miss radhika alkazi it would be great if you could tell us something about yourself or share a story that represents your personality thank you so much uh, both joy and mehul um let me start by telling you a little bit about myself and the organization that i represent Astha is a community based organization it is now nearly 30 years old we work with children and people with disabilities in the urban slum communities and the other thing that we do is also do a lot of research and advocacy because we believe that it is very important that when we work in the community we analyze what are the issues that are there and we put them together and we look at law and we look at rights of people and we take them to the highest level so that is in a very small nutshell and we work with all people and children with disabilities uh, about myself i started off as a very quiet and shy person very uncertain of myself i remember in school i would never be able to gather the courage to uh, ask a question in class or if i was in a talk and slowly over the years and as i started my organization and as i started working in the theater it um if when you start an organization it is you know you are forced to take on a leadership role you have to talk to a lot of people you have to transact so many things you have to think for people uh, um, you know on a much larger scale than one would think otherwise for one's own life so these kinds and working with families with parents so so many children slowly i myself gathered the courage and became more and more uh, able to talk in public forums and able to share what uh, you know what our work was and also uh, you know uh, as 
being part of a theater group it helped me to constantly be able to talk publicly so in a way my whole organization working with so many people it kind of pushed me to become more confident and to be more out there thank you that's great and thank you so much so ma'am now moving on i would like to know how did your journey actually begin which you know eventually led you to start this organization aastha and did this journey help you in any skill and personality development in some way or the other as you just pointed out yes so i'll tell you how my journey began and that itself is a story uh, which perhaps many of those who are listening here will face also so i started off in a very uh, i come from a family of academics uh, people who have done phd's are in universities so there was a lot of pressure not from my family but from myself that i should also be a phd and an academic but my heart was somewhere else my heart was in working with children and working with people and uh, so the big struggle that happens when you think that you should be in a certain profession but you actually your heart is somewhere else and finally after a lot going around and around i landed up uh you know doing a course uh over 33 years ago now in developmental therapy for children with neurological disorders and that's how i realized this is what i want to do when i learned about children with disabilities the barriers they face and what we can do to support enable and the rights of children and people with disabilities i realized this is what i want to do so it came after a search many of us search you know many of us search for what we want to do uh, we don't everybody doesn't come to it like right in the beginning so that is in a way my story and i realized that it gave me the courage to make the options uh, you know to take the options that i did later on in my life because once you break those barriers and you do follow your heart and follow you know what your heart and your mind tells you uh i think it leads you it it's been such a wonderful journey because i i did it i don't think of it as a job i, I it's something that my i do in my life and i hope i'll do it till the end of my life <laughs> so in That's, a way it helped sorry i just wanted to i mean i just reiterate i've already spoken to you about personality so these are the ways in which the personality also developed so sorry for, tell me more that's great ma'am we as college students look forward to learn from you from people like you in order to identify and devise solutions for society at large so ma'am since aastha has evolved from being an institution based organization to be a community based mm-hmm. organization reaching out directly to children with disabilities their families and later to the community itself it would have been a distinguished achievement for you how did this feel like yes it it is it feels actually very uh, good uh, and i'll tell you why it feels good not because you know we did something very great but i think uh, that you know when you work in the community when you actually go into people's homes and when you see how people live and then you devise uh, strategies with them it's very very different 
because it's a greatly humbling experience it's an experience where you realize that you don't have all the answers for in in the community we are not going there to tell people or children what to do but we are working together and that has been the biggest learning experience of my life uh, working in the community even when we work in things like rehabilitation you know uh if you're working say in 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 a room and teaching a child how to walk uh then you're teaching the child how to walk mm-hmm. just in that room but if you're working in the community you realize that there are drains in the community that there is a small road it's very very small that there are bumps in uh, on the roads and we have to teach and support the child to to walk with all those things there so i think that's been the biggest learning for all of us also for inclusion for example uh, if you when you work in community you are actually able to include support people to be included in the community because we don't want our children children with disabilities to be isolated in their homes and so the best place is to be right where they live and to be able to support them to do all the things that they want to do So, so yeah sure it feels it, great yeah, sorry so i'm sure it was been a great experience too now like since last year 2020 was the year of the pandemic and almost everything came to a halt so uh, did that make things difficult for you and was your organization still operational during the pandemic and if yes then how did you manage to do it yes it was uh, the organization was absolutely operational the day we had the big lockdown um what happened really was that um just before that we realized that there's going to be a lockdown so we made arrangements to make a whole lot of kits for the children we work with learning kits because we realized that they would not have something we thought it'll just be for a week so we made these kits and we distributed them and we thought you know after a week we'll all get back but then as everything shut huge distress started pouring in we started getting calls from our parents from outside that people didn't have food there was no medication available and that's when we took a decision that we cannot sit back we cannot sit in our homes at this time of course we were in our homes but we immediately got into action and i it was the most amazing and the most saddening experience i would say amazing because what happened was in the next few weeks was so many of us organizations uh, large uh, you know uh, groups of people got together and lists started coming to us about you know people with disabilities families who were in distress and we started gathering the money getting the food you know kits of food and through various networks that was the time when the networks came alive and we realized how important it was to be part of networks because we would call another person and there were so many young people who were out there you know they would take the food to the family or to the person and we would do all the finding out and linking and calling of the family instead of you know the 9 to 5 that we do it was 24 hours for those many many weeks Uh, and i can say to you it was because there was collective effort 
by citizens, by organizations that we were able to reach out. And then, you know, uh, when the e-passes came about and there were coupons to be got for food, when the government came out with its uh, strategies, many of our people are not literate in terms of information technology. So a lot of facilitating of that, just, you know, uh, facilitating people to get their coupons so that they could go telling families where to go, where the school was, where they could go and get eat food. And the other thing that we all did was we kept our eyes and ears open and we uh, kept giving feedback to the government. This is not happening. There is a need here, you know, because we were all on the ground. In the ground, I mean, we were all connected to people. And that has been quite a learning experience that when there is a disaster like this that happens, we can and we must be part of these strong networks so that we can activate ourselves and reach out to all our fellow brothers and sisters who are there. That's great to hear, ma'am, that your organization was operational even during the pandemic. Ma'am, I really found the beliefs behind your organization quite impressive as it aims to develop children's full potential irrespective of their disabilities and aims at including children with disabilities with other children so that both sets of children benefit a great deal from interacting with each other. So ma'am, what led to you these beliefs? Thank you for asking that. So long time ago when I was studying to work with children with disabilities, about 33 years ago, the feeling was even, you know, in organizations was that we can just manage children with disabilities and, you know, we can give them therapy and do things like that. But they didn't really have a right to be part of the society. And at that point of time, I met many young children, people who were said to be severely, and in, in quotes, I'm saying that, severely disabled. And the feeling all around in society, in families, in, uh, you know, even organizations was they cannot do anything. And that's what really got me uh, very riled up, upset and angry, because I realized over the years that everybody has potential. It may not be the same potential and that, you know, each one of us in our lives, we will take different steps and we should be allowed to take those. There's no one set of steps that all of us have to climb. You can climb another set of stairs. Your friend can climb another set of stairs and somebody else can climb another set of stairs and they are all valid. And it was this feeling that we that that those different steps must be there and that uh, children with disabilities should not be isolated in their homes. What we realized was a lot of kids were just in their homes. They were never coming out. There were no friends and they were never part of schools today, colleges. And we felt that that was wrong because everybody has the right to education. There's no person to whom you can say you don't have the right and I have the right. So that was the feeling that the experience that we had that made us feel that we must start the organization that focuses on these areas. That was actually pretty insightful. Now, now coming to your working 
there must have been number of memorable instances that you experienced while embarking on this journey and apart from that ma'am what were some of the major obstacles that you had to face and what did you do to actually overcome them uh some of the obstacles of course you know when you start an organization it's very different from working alone so you have to build people you have to get people along with you you have to find money to pay people we are all paid in the organized not a charity organization so one of the big obstacles in in the disability field is everybody feels it's a charity to be done and it took us it still takes me a long time to say that this is not charity this is something it's a right of a person and to build an organization that believes in the rights of people and is not just giving out doles is what i think was tough to do then going into the community when you go into the community uh, how do you go into a community how do you win the trust of people it was not easy to win the trust because people used to always feel ki log aate hain they you know say so many things and they never deliver so yeah. you have to be able to deliver you have to show what you can do for the child then only will the trust develop so doing those things and as ngos of course you are constantly raising money that's always a big barrier uh it's not like a corporate where you are earning profits here you are constantly raising money to to run your organization so a lot of your time goes into that but some of the very memorable moments and i'll tell you one uh, is uh, you know we did so much also a uh, theater with kids i'm also a theater amateur theater person so brought in lot of theater and music and we did so many wonderful plays that were big huge productions with all children with disabilities and some that were mixed with some children with and without disabilities and we put them up on those uh, you know in the shriram center habitat center and with all the you know costumes the lights like any other professional production and it was so surprising because one of the things is that you know people don't expect children with disabilities to too much and we ourselves i think didn't expect it but when we did some things like the plays we realized that our children were learning lines they were dancing there were so many things that we ourselves didn't realize that the kids could do so that was a big learning and one of the best ways for the audiences and everybody to understand all the abilities that children have those are some of my very memorable moments and then there other memorable moments are when young people uh, you know children who been with us became young adults got jobs and are now people who actually work on the in the rights field themselves so that's one of the best feelings also wow this really helps put things into perspective it must have been a valuable and positive experience there is always scope to improve and learn so ma'am what all do you think you learned throughout your journey i think i learned that we live in a very unequal society and that there are so many so many young people without opportunity and that is wrong and that we have to change that 
that has been my biggest learning uh, that we have to change this inequality we have to change we do not we should not have poverty we, the links are with poverty and disability are very very strong that no child should have to go without uh, food without rehabilitation services just because they don't have the money or they don't have the power or because they live far away in a rural area <clears throat> these are the things that you know it's it, one learns over the years as you work that uh the it's a, the mission is much larger the mission is for an equal society a society where everybody has a say and a society where everybody gets that chance so if if i have difficulty seeing and you tell me in your college that i can't join your college because i can't see then you're depriving me of that chance to go ahead just like anybody else so one of the biggest learnings is that we have to constantly look at ourselves our institutions and to say are we giving a chance to the, to the great diversity of people that we have in our country and in the world the other big learning is that we are all diverse we are different and we must understand and accept difference that's my biggest learning again uh, from this work ma'am i think that was like really well put thank you so much so ma'am now coming back to the covid pandemic it has like changed the world drastically and it like continues to do so even now so ma'am moving forward like let's say after this pandemic has passed do you think there is something that has permanently changed or something that we you know take as a learning from this past one year yes i think some things will have permanently changed and we'll realize that as we go on there there are opportunities also and i don't want to sound pessimistic but i think well one thing that has certainly changed is that we've all gone um uh, all gone uh, on the net so to say and uh, and in a way it's difficult for many many people uh, but suddenly there's been a real push on information technology and in the coming years i think there's been a real bump up of people's abilities because people have just had to use technology and uh, that has been uh, something that i don't think is going to change um i do hope very much that that will not be our only form of either communicating with each other or education because the we should not lose out on meeting each other learning from each other being in colleges like i know that for you all also just now you are not in that physical space and all the wonderful experiences that come with it i hope that that comes back uh but i do also understand that some of the things that will have changed is that we will have gotten more used to technology many more things will happen uh around that uh and then mental health uh, i think of everybody has been affected and it's going to be years till we you know actually so we have to focus a lot on that look at people uh, our eyes have been open to the fact that people have found it very very tough all of us have found it tough many of us have lost people uh so i think that that 
the big thing is that we have to have very good systems so that this does not happen we have to look at our environments that's a big big learning from this uh, if we don't look at our environments if we don't regreen if we don't if we don't become if, you know those things if we don't look at very carefully these are the things that are going to have changed in us i think and of course much more okay ma'am so it's really nice how how you are trying to deal with the whole situation but i guess it is also true that no matter how much we try covid has impacted us hugely so moving on since most of our listeners are college students what advice do you have for all inactive students and the social entrepreneurs listening to this podcast right now for all the knowledge and insights that you have would you have done something differently while working on your organization ah uh, that's a very good question um would i have done something differently i'm not sure whether i would have done things differently of course you can always do things better and uh, i think um i may have thought for example i've always kept my i've always believed that small is beautiful and uh, now uh, you know 30 years later i do feel that maybe i should have pushed to make the organization bigger and you know um and made many more international kind of links with the organization mm-hmm. we have remained much more community based you know so i think that's one thing that i would say that i could have done differently i think that one of the you know biggest things that we can do uh is a in these times uh take the opportunity to to uh connect one of the biggest things is we should not lose connections with each other so as students take the opportunities to connect to reach out uh there's a great learning in reaching out to others whom you may not know uh and who would require your support in some way or the other there's a great opportunity in you sh- one could also look at the many things you know there are so many young people who started so many things you know giving out food making each one of us has a different disposition whatever one's disposition is one can use it and one can use this time to learn to connect to understand deeper why things have happened the way they have and to see because you are the people who are going to make the world a better space in the coming years you've already you know it's on your shoulders now so i think this is what i'd really say uh, take that time look out uh, don't uh, look out see see the world see see what's happening in the world and think of how you can change it thank you so much ma'am ma'am lastly i would just uh, like to ask you what are your future goals for your organization like which you want the organization to accomplish in the coming years apart from that anything you would like to tell our audience regarding the issues faced by persons with disabilities just so our listeners have a better understanding of the topic uh at the future goals uh, what we what i'm very keen to do is just in this pandemic for example we reached out to children with disabilities in bihar mm-hmm. and i want to reach out 
far and wide in the country i want to be able one of the things that this you know pandemic has done and working with technology is done that we've been able to reach out to people far away from us and that's been an opportunity so i want to be able to have strong uh, you know a network so that i can reach out to that child far away in up in another village in up or in a tribal area uh, through technology and through some teams and organizations that are working there uh, and i also the other thing is to be able to document and research what has been happening for people and children with disabilities this has been a very difficult time because many of the things that they require or need for example if a child needed medication say a medication for epilepsy which is regular medication you have to take the medication every day these things have not been available if you needed personal assistance for example somebody to take you out in a wheelchair using your wheelchair you know uh, those things were not available children uh, many schools that have gone online they don't know how to uh, how to enable access for the student with disability for example we were talking yesterday to a student and he's uh, in school and he he finds it difficult to see and he said ma'am they're sending us worksheets but i can't see the worksheet so i am not able to do that worksheet so uh, you know so people have got excluded from uh, education so these uh, when there was a crisis going to get something becomes difficult for a person who who has difficulty in moving from one place to another so this has this whole pandemic has made it life extremely difficult for students with disabilities uh, as well as children with disabilities uh, in all these different ways because not getting rehabilitation services is one of the biggest uh, obstacles to one's further growth that's great ma'am all of us will be looking forward to seeing your teams work Thank you so much ma'am for sharing your story with us. I'm sure this will give our audience great insights into the works of Asta and about social entrepreneurship. We really enjoyed your company ma'am. Thank you once again for interacting and sharing these wonderful experiences with us. Thank you very much. I enjoyed myself too. So with this we come to the end of the episode. I hope all of you found it to be fruitful. Thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for more such exciting and enlightening updates.